Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Student Startup Podcast. We are recording from NDSU today. Jimmy and I are going to sit down and talk a little bit about alternate ways to learn uh, outside of kind of the traditional realm of school and classes and things, and uh, just give you some insight into some of the ways that we learned uh, while we were starting our agency. And uh, yeah, just kind of give you some tips and tricks for learning and a little more uh, cost-effective way to learn, maybe perhaps would be the best way to go. So uh, we'll kind of get things started off here. Yeah, so, you know, right now I think there's a lot of debate about whether or not, you know, the the information you use or that you learn in school is truly applicable in the real world. And so, you know, this this um, topic of trying to find different ways to learn is, is just as important as pretty much to getting a degree, because if you can come into a um, job right away and, uh, and, you know, already have that real world experience that sometimes the books don't teach you, um, you know, you're going to be that much farther ahead and you're going to be that much uh, more on the right path to get a promotion sooner. Um, And so, you know, right away, just what, Bryce, what do you think is your favorite method of alternate learning that, you know, we use so far and that you use personally? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's a couple really good ones. I would say my favorite one is probably LinkedIn Learning. Um, formerly known as Linda, uh, bought out by LinkedIn. And I just love, I'm such a visual and auditory learner where I'm like a mix of both is kind of my best way to learn. And so for me, being able to have like step-by-step guides from the video, but then also have somebody narrating it and talking and able to have the captions on at the bottom, uh, for me to follow along with really, really helps me learn. And so LinkedIn learning has been a great tool. I mean, we've used it to, to learn a lot about um, you know, advertising side, uh, YouTube, I mean, videography, there's just so many, um, so many types of, of learning content that you can use from, uh, from LinkedIn. And I think, you know, for us, it's only 30 bucks a month each, and we can share an account most of the time. So it's like 30 bucks a month. And so when you think about it from, from that perspective, I mean, I think we've learned almost as much from LinkedIn learning and probably more applicable to the agency than we have in classes, spending a lot more than that. And so, um, that would be probably my, big one that comes to mind right away. I'll kind of kick it back to you. Maybe it's on the same vein. If, if there's, maybe yours is the same, but maybe you have another one that you like more. Is there one that, uh, that you kind of prefer? Yeah, so just going back a little bit, LinkedIn learning is great for um, specific uh, courses and skills that you want to learn. So there's a lot of um, more up and coming um, classes on there. So like Photoshop, anything on there, coding, uh, advertising, design a ton of different stuff um but you know the the great thing that i think about youtube is one that it's free and two that there are just so many videos out there you know you can find something about literally anything and um and and there's some that are very basic and there's some that are more advanced that's one advantage i think that linkedin has is that they have different uh they have different settings where you can start at beginner courses or move to the more advanced courses um and so you're able to progress slowly. And, and the nice thing about LinkedIn Learning, too, is that it, it is a course. So you'll know you'll have four hours worth of content and there's, you know, 15 different videos or whatever it may be. Um, and that's how you learn. Whereas YouTube, it can just be one video that's an hour long or, you know, you find 10 videos and they're kind of random. But, you know, just for the basic part, I think YouTube is great because you're able to just see what other people have done. 
um, more than just one person and, and get a ton of different perspectives um, through YouTube. Honestly, though, the, another great one, too, is is just reading books and, and whether that be an audio or listening to an audio book or reading an actual book. You know, there's a lot of different um, skills out there that you can learn through books. And I'm definitely more of a visual type of learner. So just being able to see the words and um, remember the words helps me a lot. And uh, again, that's a little harder for more hands-on type of um, skill that you want to learn. But just for basic, you know, business knowledge or entrepreneurship knowledge or, um, you know, time management knowledge, I think reading, there's a lot of great books, uh, a lot of great books out there. And, and so, you know, just, just going back to you, how important is it for, do you think it is for um, kids, especially our age in that college um, range where they're going to be getting a you know, job in the real world soon where they're working full time? How important is it for those students to kind of find a skill that differentiates themselves from other people, you know, almost like a side hustle that they spent entirely free time on learning and not necessarily looking to, you know, make income out of it, but just have that base knowledge going into a job? You know, how important is that and where do you think that could help students our age? Yeah, I think it's absolutely crucial. I mean, I look at the job market and you look at, you know, students coming out of NDSU, for an example, where we go, it's like, you know, a lot of kids, when they come out with a degree, you know, there may not be a lot that separates them at the university level. You know, there might not be, um, you know, there's clubs and involvement and GPA and things. But when you really break it down, um, a lot of what employers look at as a differentiator is those skills or those different things that you know how to do. And again, obviously, this is going to depend on your industry, but virtually any industry now, if you can come in with programming knowledge, you know, coding knowledge or video for that matter, video, videography experience. Um, some of those just differentiating skills can be the difference maker in, in an interview when all of a sudden, you know, you can sit down and speak to, uh, you know, being able to understand programming or understand coding or if, especially if you're coming out of the College of Business, um, it can be such a valuable skill because so often there's software integrations at companies now in virtually every and in any industry. Um, so if, even if you can have that base knowledge to be able to communicate with the programmers or with the software development teams and say, oh, hey, like, yeah, I probably can't do this straight up, but I can speak the language and kind of understand what you're saying and put it in terms that they understand. You know, it's like any and it's all of those kind of things, any advantage that you can build for yourself leading into um, your career is, is obviously going to set you apart, especially right away when nobody really has job experience coming right or a lot of job experience maybe outside of an internship or something but a lot of like real world applicable full-time job experience those little skills can be all the difference and i think one other thing to consider and keep in mind when you're looking at that is uh staying in tune with what industry you want to work in and knowing that you know hey if you want to work at a microsoft even if you want to do sales or, or marketing or even finance for that matter that doesn't necessarily have as much of a technical from a computing standpoint, it's a software company at, at its core, you know? So it's like understanding you're going to be able to advance yourself or come in at a higher pay grade or come in at a higher level within that company, perhaps, if you have more knowledge on what their core thing is. So whatever industry it is that interests you, even if it's medical, I know a lot of people who, you know, want to go into medical sales or, uh, you know, marketing within medical firms. And if they have a biology minor or, you know, have taken some classes in, 
biology or chemistry or biotech or something, it can give them a big leg up because it kind of proves to the employer like, hey, they're really invested. They really care about this. So I think, yeah, absolutely having some of those key skills to kind of differentiate yourself and then looking at it through the lens of what industry you want to work in can be extremely valuable because then you can bring things to the table that employers probably aren't even going to expect you um, to be able to um, to have kind of coming in. So um, I think it's crucial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of pivoting uh, from there, kind of back to one thing that you had mentioned a little before. Um, and I was glad you didn't ask me this question because I don't have very many good answers because I don't really like to read books. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to just kind of throw a question your way about reading and about books and about um, like what kind of books that you are interested in or you recommend reading or if you have any like if you're looking to be an entrepreneur you must read this book it totally is mind-blowing just kind of maybe a couple suggestions for books for listeners to be like hey if they're peaked in entrepreneurship what are some things I should read yeah and so you know I think it I think it all starts um, first with how how do you find those books that you know are going to be appealing to you it's it's hard to just go to Barnes and Noble and be overwhelmed by the if anyone even goes to Barnes and Noble anyway, um, just be, <laughs> just be overwhelmed by the thousands and thousands of books and trying to figure out okay which one you know is is the best and which one is going to help me. So I honestly just Google like best you know books for entrepreneurs. I, I you know follow what Bill Gates reads because he has a lot of good stuff that isn't just business but it's also just. Um, you know, different issues around the, the world right now. And, and so just following people that you're interested in and reading up on new books that are coming out is a great way to kind of stay connected in that world. But um, I'd, I'd probably say one of my favorite ones, I'll, I'll do my top three. Um, I'd say my favorite book about entrepreneurship so far was probably Elon, the, the autobiography about Elon Musk, just because just the way he thinks and and how he you know how he started the businesses and and everything is just incredible and the hours that he put in and how dedicated he was to that that field is is incredible and um you know i think that can really spark that that drive in in you to um get jump starting on a business idea that you have and and the amount of work and dedication that it will take you know it's one of those books where you either read it and you're like holy cow this is insane i'm never gonna you know i could never see myself staying at the office till 4 a.m and then bringing a you know like a foldable mattress in and sleeping there and then as soon as the first employee shows up you wake up and start working again at 7 30 or whatever and but then you have other people who are like you know let's let's go let's like start on this idea let's get going and so you know that was a really interesting book um another good one too and and these ones are almost um they they almost uh what's the word i'm looking for they're almost counterintuitive to each other one of them being zero to one by peter thiel who uh, he was one of the paypal um, founders and then the other one is a hundred dollar startup zero to one is is trying to think of that new idea that no one has ever uh no one's ever heard of or you know how can you create the next big thing you know there's there's a quote in there that's you know it's easy to go from you know end to one which means that there's already the base prototype for it and how can you make it better but it's really hard to go from zero to one where it's this new idea and you're the first person in that space and it's how do you find that idea where do you get the passion behind it 
and the steps that you can take to try to figure that out idea. $100 startup, on the other hand, that one is more, what is a passion of yours that you can monetize, you know, re- relatively cheaply? And, and it, it doesn't have to be a, you know, crazy new idea. It can just be something you enjoy because when you enjoy doing something, you're going to be thinking strategically on how to make it better and how to monetize it and, um, you know, just how to overall improve um, that business idea in a cheap manner and, and in an efficient manner. Um, kind of going back to you, Bryce, what um, what do you think students should do about, you know, I think they're, and this is a little bit of a longer topic, we'll probably wrap up with this one, but, you know, right now I think a lot of students go to class and they're not focused on the material they learn, they're more focused on getting that A, passing the class, you know, whatever their goal may be, you know, memorize it for the test and then forget all the information the next day. Um, what what are your just overall thoughts on that? Do you think it's a good strategy if they're learning something else? Do you think they should try to, you know, <laughs> figure out classes they enjoy and, and really look in and try to memorize some of that stuff for the future? Or just how do you think students should approach, you know, the learning in the books and then applying it to whatever field um, they want to go into? Yeah, I think that's a very interesting conversation, right? It's, I think there's a, a big balance that has to happen in especially how traditional academia works, where like you and I have talked about so many times, it's you get into classes sometimes and it's hard to see the application. It's hard to see, you know, it's true value to you. And so sometimes therefore it's harder to be motivated to work through it. And so I think there's kind of a balance of both. I think college is, um, and I don't necessarily fully agree with the model, but I think kind of a lot of what college is, is it teaches you discipline. It teaches you time management, prioritization, um, in where, so there are some elements of learning where I don't always feel like it's even as much about the content that you're learning. It's more of how do you manage multiple things going on at one time and kind of sort of simulating like a professional vibe where it's, you know, you might have, you know, four five, six classes at a time. And so it's, how do you manage different projects more or less? Um, I think the difficult piece comes in is like for you and I, where we would look and we would see, um, you know, if like for our agency, even had we try to tailor our schedules to, you know, fill the classes that we were interested in learning in, I still think it would have been hard to learn all the knowledge that we really needed in a shorter time span. And so I think that was where for us, it was, it was crucial for us to be planning those things outside of our normal curriculum and planning in our, you know, set hours of, uh, of learning a week where we would learn on outside and we would prioritize and make a huge list of all the stuff we wanted to learn and then break it up and make it tangible. So over the course of a year, you know, we would spend, you know, five to 10 hours a week learning on the outside and that stacks up to a lot of learning hours. And I think, I think the thing too, that, is hard as a college student being so busy is it's really all about the mindset you bring to it because you know like for me and i'm i'm 100 victim of this where i i get in this bad habit of you get so busy that you do kind of exactly what you mentioned where you just kind of memorize stuff for the test so you can recite it and get your a and get out of there and i'm 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 not very good at like i'm bad i do that mm-hmm. <laughs> i do that a lot and i do that um You're not primarily because Uh, My mind works in efficiency and it's like, especially if I can't see the tangible application, but I think that's the piece where 
from a university perspective, we can always be challenging ourselves. And this is speaking on behalf of students and the university as a collective effort. We can always be challenging ourselves to kind of push the push the envelope further on how we learn and how we teach. And I think some of the stuff that Scott's been queuing up for through the entrepreneurship uh, minor and certificate at NDSU is a good example of, you know, more real world application learning where it's more tangible projects, talking on, you know, video conferencing, like using things that are skills that are like essential for the business world. And that maybe it's not as technically focused in like, you know, the knowledge piece, but it's very applicable things that kids can take away. And I think, you know, trying to incorporate projects and trying to incorporate more real world applications into the classroom can be a good balance of that, where there does have to be that baseline technical knowledge where it's, you know, whether or not you need to know all the terms, like you at least have to become familiarized with them so you can kind of sort of understand what it's all about. But I think, I think finding that balance of one, you know, what are you striving for? What are you working towards? What knowledge, like, what do you want to gain? And if you're not getting that in the classroom, then don't just sit and be like, oh, I'm not getting it. Like, go look for it elsewhere. Like, go look for it on YouTube. Go look for it on LinkedIn. Because that's what we did. And I think there can be a balance there. And as you get further in your major progression, which we're also seeing is it becomes more applicable, right? It starts to apply more to what you're there to study for. And generals in general can be hard because they're not super applied. It's can be frustrating, time consuming. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's, it's kind of like a double-sided thing. I think there's, I think being realistic and smart about it and saying, Hey, you know, I get, and like speaking from a personal perspective, like I would get way too attached to the grades that I got. Like I would worry way too much about getting an A versus getting out of the class, what I needed to get out of that class. And looking back on my transcript and being able to say like, oh, I got this letter grade in this class or this letter grade in that class. Like, yeah, it's great. But like, in reality, I shouldn't have been that worried about getting an A in physics. Like if any of my employers ever say, oh, you got to be in physics, like, okay. Like, you know, like, like those things, like not saying that they're not important, but I think sometimes beyond just that discipline and that like routine and time management piece, like don't worry as much about your grades. And I wish, I wish this university system and the school system in general would do a better job of actually relaying that importance. And we've had many conversations about this mm -hmm. and this could be a whole nother podcast probably mm -hmm. about all the ways that, you know, the universities could probably handle curriculum better in terms of trying to find ways to just motivate students to learn within the capacity that they're interested in and actually grow in that knowledge versus just cram studying to try to get a good grade and then literally not remembering anything. So I think it comes at a balance, but I think one like key piece that, that we've definitely found is when you do that above and beyond learning that outside of what you, you know, quote, need to be doing, um, you become a lot more motivated and you really like soak up that information a lot better. Like when you're truly, and even if you can get your mind to that place in a class that you're maybe not super interested in, but you're like, hey, I'm here, I'm gonna spend the time, like let me commit my brain power to this class. And you will realize that you will get more out of it if you're really invested. And I think, again, I'm totally victim of not being very invested in classes because it can be hard when you get busy and when there's a lot of stuff going on. But I think a lot of it's just mindset. And then to that challenge piece to the universities and, and to academia in general to, uh, you know, start to apply more real world situations to learning. So. Yeah. And, and just one last note to end. Um, if, if you are interested in learning a 
uh, you know, side skill or, you know, not a talent directly related to your field, don't feel like you have to learn it all within a week or within a month because you're just going to get overwhelmed and that passion is going to kind of fade away. Just kind of make out a general plan. I mean, if you think about a class, it's a, you know, four month class or whatever, three and a half month class. And so, you know, really break it down, spend, you know, an hour twice a week and, and just learn the skills, you know, don't try to approach it every day, take your time, just build that habit over time. And it will, you know, you'll, you'll stay motivated and you'll, you'll keep that passion to learn. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, thanks again for uh, tuning in today. We hope you got some good knowledge bits from this and uh, feel free to reach out. If you have any questions, you can uh, get a hold of us. You can find our contact info on our website, uh, www.adbestmarketing.com or find either Jimmy or I on social media. And uh, feel free to reach out. We'd love to start a conversation about the topics that we talk about on our podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Yeah, thank you.